Hello and welcome to another edition of Woodrow's Wishlist. I'm Evan Woodson. And in today's podcast, about a quarter of the season gone by, we're about 20 games in. Uh, I'm going to give out my awards, going to give out the MVP award, six-man award, most improved award, defensive player of the year award, coach of the year award, rookie of the year. And then I'm going to talk about who my all-stars are. Uh, for this season and some of the snubs and kind of why I have these guys as all-stars as the way they are and why some of these guys did not get into the all-star game in my opinion. So let's get right into it. Uh, So for the MVP this year uh, I took LeBron James you know guys averaging 28.3 points per game 7.9 rebounds per game 6.9 assists per game You know, second in the league in scoring after James Harden. LeBron's doing it all. He's playing spectacular basketball. You know, he had that 51 points against Miami, you know, the other day or the other week. Uh, He's he's playing sensational basketball. And this Lakers team is 11-8. and You know, they're seventh in the Western Conference. They're only two games behind the Clippers for the number one spot in the conference. You know, they start out 0-3. Looks like they're going to be struggling. And... What's what's uh, really resonated with me in the past couple of games is the way LeBron's defending. He's really making an effort to get into guys' skins. You know, he's blocking shots. We saw it in the Utah Jazz game. He's really making an effort on the defensive end, and therefore the Lakers as a whole defensively have gotten a, whole, a lot better. Uh, you know, they're starting to defend. They're starting to play well. They're 11-8. and eight. You know, they did lose at home to the Magic on Sunday. But LeBron's ha- LeBron has the Lakers playing pretty well. I think a lot of people thought they would struggle early on in the season. But, you know, 11-8, and eight, they're only two spots behind the Clippers for the number one spot in the Western Conference. LeBron's still playing excellent basketball. He's still by far the best basketball player in the NBA. And I think it's the MVP right now. You know, it went down between him and Giannis right now for me. Obviously, it's only 20 games in, only a quarter of the season gone. But if I had to give the MVP right now, I would give it to LeBron James. My sixth man of the year might be a little shocking to some, but I went with Montrez Harrell. Uh, you know, Montrez Harrell is playing sensational basketball. The Clippers have the best bench in the NBA right now. It's a big part of why they have the best record in the Western Conference. And I know a lot of people want to talk about Lou Williams. You know, he won sixth man of the year last year. He's averaging 18 points a game. Lou Williams is also playing sensational basketball. But Montrez Harrell, this guy is an absolute beast. He's averaging 15.8 points per game, 7.4 rebounds per game in 25 minutes. You know, he's, he's shooting 64% from the, from the field. Uh, obviously, the free throws have to get a bit better. But this guy just comes out every night and he plays. He balls. He's big. He's strong. He attacks the basket. He's got great post work down low. You know, these numbers are pretty good. Obviously, the you know, scoring-wise, not as good as Lou Williams, but I had to take into account the rebounds and the field goal percentage and just what he does. He really embodies this Clipper bench and this Clippers team, and uh, this is one of the reasons why I have him as the sixth man. I just think he's playing sensational basketball, and as of right now, he's my sixth man of the year. And then the most improved player... Uh, you know, I kind of went back and forth between a couple of guys, you know, JaVel McGee, Derrick Rose, a Josh Richardson. Uh, you know, De'Aaron Fox is having a great year. 
But ultimately, I think it has to be Zach Levine. You know, you look at the numbers, 25.5 points per game. Those are pretty, pretty sensational. You know, he's averaging 5.3 rebounds, 4.4 assists. Obviously, the defense isn't really there. The Chicago Bulls aren't a great team, and, it, and the Chicago Bulls as a whole does, don't play great defense. Obviously, Fred Hoiberg, you know, we saw with Iowa State, more of an offensive-minded coach. But just the numbers for Zach Levine, 25.5 points per game, just sensational. You know, he's so athletic. He's so good offensively. He's so gifted. I just, um, you know, I wanted to give it to, to a guy like JaVale McGee or a guy like Derrick Rose who are a bit older and who are revitalizing their careers. But you've got to give it to the young guy in Zach Levine who's just absolutely balling. Uh, you know, he's playing sensational basketball right now, and it's really, really fun to watch. So, you know, that's why I'm giving him the sixth man of the year. Just, just the factor of what he's been able to do this year with the scoring. You know, he's still, he's still averaging, you know, five rebounds, four assists per game. These are really good numbers. You know, the Chicago Bulls are in games. Obviously, coming into the season, this team couldn't defend. Uh, we all kind of knew that. They don't really have great defensive pieces. And, you know, Zach Levine doesn't help. But offensively, he's a lot of fun to watch. And I think he is going to grow into an all-star in this league. For the Defensive Player of the Year, I'm giving it to uh, Mark Gasol so far this year. You know, Memphis, they've been, they've been very surprising to a, lot of te- to a lot of people. And I know a lot of people didn't really think that, you know, coming into the season, it's the same thing with Memphis every year. They start off okay because they have Mark Gasol and uh, Mike Conley. And then these guys get hurt and it kind of all goes downhill from there. But, you know, they're playing really good basketball right now. Uh, which is surprising to a lot of people, and and they're defending really well. You know, they're they're twelve and seven right now. They're not scoring a lot of points, so it's kind of been defensively what's been big for them. You know, and Marcus Gasol, he's averaging over a, a steal and over a block per game. You know, over a hundred defensive rating. He's playing really good on the defensive end. He's bringing in that grit and grind that Memphis, you know, that Memphis era that they had for a couple of years there. You know, when they even reached the. Uh, Bringing that back to Memphis, he's playing sensational defense. Memphis is holding teams to under 100 points per game. They're not even scoring 100 points per game themselves. And, you know, they're still 12-7. and seven. A lot of that's got to be attributed to uh, Marcus Gasol, and that's why he's my uh, defensive player of the year. And then my coach of the year, uh, you know, I think it was a two-way, ra- two-way race right now between Mike Budenholzer and uh, Doc Rivers. But ultimately, I have to go with Doc Rivers. You know, the Clippers, 13-6 and six this year. They're playing really good basketball. You know, they don't have a superstar. Uh, you know, Tobias Harris, Gallinari, these are, these are good players. Not superstars, though. They don't really have a superstar. They have a lot of good players. But Doc has these players playing really hard. You know, and he's been on some teams, you know, with Boston where he had a bunch of superstars, a bunch of Hall of Famers. This year, he doesn't have that. He has a bunch of really good players and a good bench. The Clippers get up. They defend. They're playing really well. You know, they're 8-1 and one at home. They're, they're absolutely just killing it right now. And uh, this team is going to be something special. I think they're going to be a playoff team this year. They're going to make, I said they would make the playoffs over the Utah Jazz this year. And this is just a testament to what Doc Rivers has been able to do with this group. So, you know, a lot of credit has to go to Doc Rivers 
This guy has been coaching his pants off, and this Clippers team has been really fun to watch, and they've kind of been the surprise of the NBA so far this season. So, you know, a quarter of the way into the season, I think the award has to go to Doc Rivers for Coach of the Year. And then the Rookie of the Year. Uh, you know, I think this one's pretty obvious. There's been a couple of impressive rookies so far this year. You know, Jared Jackson and Memphis, Shea Gildress Alexander, Colin Sexton's really picked up his play. Marvin Bagley, you know, DeAndre Ayton, of course, Trey Young. It, it has to be Luka Doncic. This guy is just an absolute stud. He's averaging 19 points per game, you know, over six rebounds per game, over four assists per game. You know, he's shooting 45% from field goal. This guy, he's going to be a superstar. He's going to be a generational talent. Uh, you know, he might be the best player out of all of these guys that have been drafted in, in the last three years. This guy is just sensational. And watching this guy play, you know, he's really given the Mavericks a chance. You know, the Mavericks, they started off slow. Uh, and now they're 9-9. Nine and nine. Now they're a 500 team. You know, Luka Doncic is their best player. That's pretty impressive to be a rookie, to be the best player as a rookie on a team that's 500 right now in the Western Conference, which is loaded. So, you know, Luka Doncic has been doing his thing. He's going to keep continue to do his thing. And it's going to be really fun to watch. So, you know, Luka Doncic, definitely rookie of the year so far. And watch out for this kid. He has superstar potential. Uh, he's going to be, he could be the best player that was drafted within even the last five years. Uh, this, this kid's going to be a lot of fun to watch moving forward. I'm going to talk about my all-stars now for the East and the Western Conference. And I'm just going to give a short little explanation as to why these guys are all-stars. So in the Western Conference, as of right now, a quarter of the way through, I have, for guards, I have Steph Curry, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, DeMar DeRozan, Damian Lillard. Uh, you know, Steph Curry, I think that's kind of an obvious one. Steph Curry came out, showed he was the best player on the Golden State Warriors, was playing sensational basketball, was leading the league in scoring. Obviously, he gets hurt, you know, and then it, it kind of proves how much more the Golden State Warriors need him because when he goes away, you know, they struggle a bit. Everyone's starting to question what's going on with Draymond Green and Kevin Durant. And obviously, they figured it out and they're fine now. But, you know... Steph Curry is the engine of this team. He's, he is the best player on this team. Obviously, Kevin Durant's the most talented player. Steph Curry's the best player. He's been sensational this year. And it's going to be exciting to see when Steph Curry gets back out there on the floor to see what he's able to accomplish again. So, you know, Steph Curry, definitely an all-star lock. You know, James Harden, obviously obviously Houston's struggling, but you can't really put that on James Harden. Put up, puts up 54 last night against Washington. He's been absolutely balling. You know, he's leading the league in scoring. He's doing his thing like he did last year. You know, he's going to be an MVP candidate. Uh, and, you know, Houston's obviously struggling, but those, those issues aren't really on Harden. And he's still doing his thing. And, you know, obviously this makes him an all-star lock, again, in my opinion. And then DeMar DeRozan, you know, uh, another team where San Antonio is kind of struggling a little bit. You know, they're, they're, they're at 500. They're 10 and 10. Started off the season hot. DeMar DeRozan looked like an MVP candidate. He was balling. Then they start to struggle a bit. But, you know, San Antonio just, they have a great coach. They don't have a lot of great players. You know, DeMar DeRozan's a great guy. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge has been struggling a little bit. But 
Rudy Gay is probably their third best player. You know, you got guys like Bryn Forbes and old Pau Gasol. They don't really have a lot of pieces. And I don't really think that's on DeRozan as to why they've been struggling. Because he's been playing really well. He's averaging just under 25 points per game. You know, he's averaging six rebounds, six assists. His assist numbers are up. He's been looking to pass the ball. He's been looking to find guys. He's still playing the best basketball of his career. And, you know, I just I don't think there's any doubt as to why he should not be an all-star this year. I just think it's pretty obvious. So, you know, DeMar DeRozan, uh, you could make a case that, you know, maybe like a guy like Mike Conley should be over DeMar DeRozan. But I'm going to give it to DeMar DeRozan. I'm really liking what I'm seeing from him so far. And then Russell Westbrook. This is another guy. This is kind of the guy I went back and forth with between Mike Conley just because of how well the Grizzlies are doing. But then you got to look at OKC. You know, OKC is still doing really well. Obviously, they were doing well when DeRozan went out. But his numbers are still good. He's averaging 23 points a game, nine rebounds, nine assists, you know, two steals a game. Obviously, he's shooting horrendously from three, 17, 17% from three. But, you know, he's, he's not shooting as much this year, which is nice to see. And I think that's the formula for this OKC, OKC team. They do have a lot more pieces than they did last year. And it's nice to see Russell Westbrook kind of taking a back seat. But he's still averaging 23 points per game, 9 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals. You know, this is still Russell Westbrook. In my eyes, he's still an all-star. You know, it was kind of close between him and Mike Conley for me. But ultimately, I had to give it to Russell Westbrook. And then Damian Lillard. You know, obviously, I didn't. The Portland had a great season last year. I didn't pick Portland to be in the playoffs this year. I thought they would be the tenth seed. I thought there was just too many good teams. But they come out. They have a great year. They've been struggling a bit as of late. You know, they're only twelve and eight. But you know, they they don't have a lot of help between him and CJ. He's still averaging twenty six points per game, six assists, five rebounds, shooting forty three percent. You know, Damian Lillard. With the way that Portland's been playing and the way that he's been playing, I just there, there's no question in my mind that he's an all-star. So for the Eastern All-Star guards, I took Kyle Lowry, Kemba Walker, Kyrie Irving, Victor Oladipo, and Chris Middleton. Let's start with uh, Kyrie Irving. Obviously, uh, you know, the Celtics were struggling. They're only 10 and 10. Everyone thought they were going to be a 65-plus win team, and you know Kyrie Irving was going to get MVP considerations, which I don't think will happen. But I don't put a lot of this on Kyrie. He's been balling. He single-handedly won games for Boston by himself, you know, that game against Phoenix. And the game against Toronto, he was the best player on the court. That featured a Ky- uh, Kawhi Leonard. He's been absolutely balling, you know. He's playing really hard. The Celtics team has a lot of, strugg- has a lot of struggles right now. They got, a, they got a good win against New Orleans, and I expect this team to get back on track. And, you know, you can't really take, a, take away anything from Kyrie Irving. He's balling. He's the best player on this team. A lot of people came into the season thinking, well, maybe Jason Tatum's the best player on this team. No, it's Kyrie Irving, and he's proven that again, and he's showing that right now. And for that reason, I think he's an all-star lock. And then Kyle Lowry. You know, the points don't jump out at you. The numbers don't jump, jump out at you a ton. You know, he's a miniature guard. But Toronto has the best team in the, in the league right now. They're the best team by far. You know, obviously Golden State has their injuries. But as of right now, Toronto is the best team. Kyle Lowry's averaging 15 points a game. He's leading the league in assists at 10.4. You know, over, over a steal a game. 
He's really, he's really elevated himself this year. They bring in Kawhi Leonard. This team has a legitimate chance to win a championship this year. And Kyle Lowry's doing a lot of things. You know, he leads the league in charges taken as well. Kind of a little unknown fact about him. But, you know, he, he really sacrifices his body. He's doing whatever it takes. He le- he's leading this team right now. They're the league's best team. He's leading the league in assists. You know, and for that reason, he's got to be an all-star. And then Victor Oladipo. You know, Victor Oladipo, one of the best two-way players in the East. This guy absolutely balls. He's a great player. We saw it last year. He played against LeBron in the playoffs, and we saw what Indiana could do. Indiana's off to to another good start. You know, not a great start, but a good start. And Victor Oladipo's leading the way for this squad. He's been playing really good basketball. You know, we saw that, that big shot he hit against the Boston Celtics. He hits that big shot from three, and then he gets the steal to win the game. You know, he's averaging 21 points a game, six rebounds, four assists, almost two steals a game, half a block a game. You know, this guy plays on both ends of the court. He plays really hard. He has this Indiana team going. You know, he's definitely the best player on this team. He's really going. This team's going. They're going to be a really big threat coming into the playoffs this year. And, uh, you know, this is why one of the reasons why I have Oladipo as an all-star for this season. And then Kemba Walker, you know, this guy has just been sensational. He's averaging almost 28 points a game, still averaging six assists a game, four rebounds. You know, he's shooting 44%, 38, almost 39% from three. Kemba Walker is a stud. He's been balling. Charlotte, you know, they don't have a lot of good guys. They have some good role players, but they need to get him some help. But Kemba Walker has just been absolutely sensational. The things that he's been able to do. He's been really fun to watch, and for that reason, this team has also been fun to watch. And, you know, he, he, he just can't he's, – he's an MVP candidate right now. He's a top 10 MVP candidate and, and you know, a definite all-star for me this year. And then another one, you know, I kind of toss and turn between the fourth guard here. Uh, you know, I was thinking about John, John Wall, Bradley Beal. I just don't feel really feel comfortable giving it to a player on the Wizards just because of seeing what the Wizards have been doing lately. You know, I thought about a Zach Levine who's averaging 25 points per game, but he doesn't play defense, and this boss and this and that Chicago Bulls team is just awful. So I went with a guy like Chris Middleton, whose stats aren't as aren't as good as some of these other guys, but this guy plays hard. He's a great two-way player. You know, this Bucks team is second in the conference right now. Obviously, Giannis is a big a big part of that, and Budenholzer is a big part of that. But Middleton's a sensational player. You know, 19 points a game, five rebounds, four assists, one, one and a half steals. You know, he shoots 45% from the field, 41% from three. This guy plays really hard all game. He's one of the best two-way players in the game. He's sensational. A lot of teams are going to be coming after Chris Middleton next season. I really like the way this guy plays, and he's a definite all-star for me this year. I just think you got to give it to him over a guy like Bradley Beal or a guy like John Wall, who have and, and a guy like obviously Zach Levine, who have a bit better stats. But you know the Milwaukee Bucks have been absolutely balling, and Chris Middleton's a big part. He's the second best player on this team. For that reason, I got to give him the all-star. And then for the West, for the forwards, LeBron James, you know, my MVP candidate this year. Uh, I just, I don't see how there's any question that LeBron isn't an all-star this year again. You know, 28 points per game, 
leading this Lakers team to 11-8 record. There's just not really much more I can say. LeBron's an all-star lock for me. You know, a guy like Anthony Davis, same thing. Obviously, the Pelicans are struggling this year, but that's not really Anthony Davis' fault. He doesn't have enough help. He has some good guys, like a Drew Holiday. You know, they bring in a Julius Randle. Miritich started off the season hot, but he started to cool down. You know, Davis is averaging 27 points per game, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, you know, almost 2 steals and almost 3 blocks a game. He's an all-star lock for me, and there's no doubt there. Marcus Gasol is an interesting one that I picked um, because, you know, obviously there's a lot of, a lot of good players in the Western Conference. But, you know, you've got to take into account the Grizzlies' record. And, you know, Conley I wanted to put in there because of how well the Grizzlies were doing. But there's just too many guards. But with Marcus Gasol, you know, he's my pick for Defensive Player of the Year. His defense numbers are jumping out at you. Memphis is playing really good basketball right now. You know, he's averaging 18 points a game, almost 10 rebounds, almost 4 assists. He's shooting 46% from the field, almost 40% from 3, 73% from the free throw line. This guy's playing really well right now, and uh, I have to have him as an all-star. And then Kevin Durant, uh, you know, same thing with LeBron. You know, how much more can be said about Kevin Durant? This guy's an absolute stud, one of the best players in the NBA, Uh, you know, He's having a great year. Obviously, <coughs> sorry, when Steph goes down, they struggle a bit. But he's, he's started to found his, find his footing again. You know, he puts up 44 against Orlando. He's balling again. He's definitely an all-star lock. And another guy, I kind of another, another questionable one, but I had to go with him, Tobias Harris. Uh, someone from the Clippers, as of right now, has to be representing the all-star game because of how well they're doing. And Tobias Harris, you know, he's averaging 21.5 points per game, 8.7 rebounds, shooting 52% from the field goal, 42% from three. He's been playing sensational. You know, I've really liked this guy for a while. And as a Lakers fan, I wanted the Lakers to grab him a couple of years ago. You know, he's bounced around, started in Orlando, then he went to um, Detroit, then they traded him for, you know, he was involved in that Blake Griffin trade. He's been playing You know, he's only 26 years old. I really like the way he plays. Uh, I think he's going to be an absolute stud. And, uh, you know, he's definitely an all-star this year for me because of the numbers and of how well the Clippers are doing. And in the sixth spot, uh, you know, Nikolai Jocic, the Joker, the best passing big man maybe we've ever seen in the NBA. This guy just plays with his heart on his sleeve. And his defense has gotten a lot better. That was a big knock on Jokic. Uh, was the way that he defended, that he wasn't a great defender. But he's gotten a lot better as a defender. You know, he's a great passer. He's averaging 16 points per game, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, one one and a half steals a game. He's shooting 47% from the field, 31% from three. This guy can really flat out ball. He's only 23 years old. And when you talk about good bigs, you know, you talk about Carl Anthony Towns, guys like Joel Embiid, Jokic is right there. I actually think he's better than Colin Anthony Towns. But Jokic is right there. This guy can absolutely And I'm really excited to see what happens with him moving forward in this young Nuggets team. But as of right now, he's an all-star lock for sure for me. And the final spot. I had to go with my man, Paul George. Paul George has been playing sensational basketball ever since Russell Westbrook went down. He's a top five 
Um, you know, defensive player of the year candidate. Leads the league in steals right now. Plays with his heart on his sleeve. He defends. He gets after you. He shoots the ball well. <coughs> Sorry. He just does every little thing you ask out of a guy. And for that reason, you know, he's, he's got to be in the all-star, in the all-star uh, game for me this year. And then in the, in the Eastern Conference, Blake Griffin, uh, he's been playing really well this year. You know, he's transformed this uh, Detroit team. Uh, obviously, they haven't made the playoffs in a few years. And he's been playing some really good basketball right now. Really liking what I'm seeing out of Blake Griffin. The Twin Towers with him and Andre Drummond. They've been playing really good basketball. And they're giving this Detroit Pistons team a chance to, you know, do pretty well in the playoffs. And for that reason, you know, you got to give Blake Griffin uh, all-star considerations. And same with Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond has been playing also sensational basketball. Uh, you know, rebounding the ball really well. You know, he's, he's, he's just beasting down low. When I was watching that game a couple days ago against the Clip or uh, the Rockets, when Clint Capella was off the floor, Andre Drummond was just having his way with putbacks and post-ups. And this, you know, this duo of Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, they've been absolutely sensational. Uh, other than them, Detroit doesn't really have a lot of help. <coughs> and for that reason, you know, you got to put both of these guys in the All-Star game this year. Uh, and then Kawhi Leonard, obviously, for obvious reasons, Kawhi Leonard, he has been absolutely balling. Toronto's just a different team this year, and they have a different feel because of a guy like Kawhi Leonard, who plays 100% on both ends of the court. <coughs> he's a sensational basketball basketball player. You know, he's one of the best players in the Eastern Conference. And he's really given this, uh, this Toronto team a chance to uh, make it to the finals this year. And for that reason, you know, has to be an all-star. Has to be under all-star consideration. Probably going to be an all-star starter this year. Kawhi Leonard is just a sensational player. And then Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is just playing absolutely phenomenal basketball right now. He's been really fun to watch. He's still doing his classic. You know, he's talking all the time. That's Joel Embiid. He's going to say what he wants to say. He does not care. He's going to try to get in your head <coughs> and do whatever it takes. You know, he's averaging 28 points per game, 13 rebounds a game, two blocks a game. He's going to be in consideration for Defensive Player of the Year and MVP right now. He's in my top five for MVP candidates. He's just been playing sensational basketball. And it'll be really fun to see what will happen with him moving forward. And then... Uh, kind of a surprise to some people. Nikola Vukovic has just been playing stellar basketball right now. You know, 27 years old. I really like this guy. I really liked Orlando coming into the season. Actually, I thought they would they could be a team that could sneak into the eighth seed. And they've been playing really good right now. And it's been heavily on Vukovic. He's averaging 20 points per game, 11 rebounds. Averaging over a steal per game. He's shooting 54% from field goal. Almost 40% from three. You know, this guy is definitely an all-star lock. And I'm putting him in over guys like Horford, Tatum, who have who have both been struggling. You know, a guy like Josh Richardson. I'm taking Vukovic. This guy's been absolutely sensational. And he's been a big part of why 
you know, why this team has been has been the way they are. So you got to give it to Vukovic. He's been playing sensational basketball. It's going to be exciting to see what he can accomplish moving forward. And then Giannis, uh, you know, same kind of thing as LeBron. Giannis is the LeBron James of the East. This guy has just been playing sensational basketball. He's absolutely phenomenal. He's a beast. He's going to be the next LeBron. He's the next big thing in the NBA. He might be the second best player in the NBA. There's just no stopping Giannis the way he goes. And Budenholzer's found a way to really tie in Giannis with his system. Giannis is the runner-up right now for me for MVP, but I would not be surprised to see him win it. And I also would not be surprised to see Milwaukee Bucks in the finals this year with the way that Giannis plays. This team has been very, very good. And Giannis is just a sensational player. He's still so young. And I'm just really excited to see what he can do moving forward. And then my final spot, I got to give it to Jamie Butler. Ever since he's come to the 76ers, he's hit some big shots. You know, that shot he hit against the Hornets, that shot he hit against Brooklyn. You know, the the Philadelphia struggled in the clutch. (coughs) And Jimmy Butler has helped them um, improve that to a very high level. You know, he's averaging 20 points per game, just under five rebounds per game, two steals, two steals a game. The leadership he's bringing to the 76ers. This team has a legitimate shot in the Eastern Conference now because they got Jimmy Butler. Before, you know, coming into the season and, you know, before they got Jimmy Butler, I thought this team had no hope in the Eastern Conference. I thought teams like Boston, you know, the way Milwaukee was playing, and the Toronto Raptors, I just didn't didn't see the Philadelphia 76ers on that level. And they now have Jimmy Butler, and they're now on that level. So, you know, you got to give it to Jimmy Butler as the uh, final final spot on my all-star team so those are my all-stars those are my awards uh kind of a fun show for you guys today if you have any questions you can feel free to get get at me at nba talk 49 or on twitter at gringo time uh feel free to just send me a message if there's anything you want to talk about if you have any questions or want to debate about basketball i'm always available to do that and uh have a wonderful day Hello and welcome to Woodrow's Wishlist. I'm Evan Woodson, and in today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about the Dallas Mavericks and their jump into the 8th seed. They're now set at 10 and 9. I'm going to talk about Kyle Korver being traded to the Utah Jazz, uh, James Harden and the Houston Rockets, and I'll finish off talking about if the Denver Nuggets are a real threat out in the Western Conference. So let's get right into it. So the Dallas Mavericks beat down on the uh, Houston Rockets on the road last night. They now jump into the 8th seed at 10-9. and nine. They're playing really good basketball. They're now 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. This was a team coming in that a lot of people thought were going to be a sleeper team to make the playoffs. They bring in DeAndre Jordan. You know, Harrison Barnes comes back healthy. Dennis Smith Jr., they have another year of him. And now you have Luka Doncic as well. They start the season off kind of slow, and now it looks like they're really getting back into the mix of things, and I would not be surprised to see this team in the playoffs at all. Luka Doncic, just a sensational rookie, you know, 19 points a game, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, just hitting step-back threes. We saw that three he hit before halftime against the Rockets. This kid is absolutely sensational. He's going to be a stud. 
Uh, you know, when they talk about when you talk about young guys, you know, you talk about draft class from last year, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, you talk about a guy like Ben Simmons. I think Luka Doncic has the ability to be better than all of these guys. I think he has the ability to be, you know, one of the best one of the best guys in the last five years. This kid is just absolutely sensational. He's still very young. He's leading this Mavericks team. He's the best player on a Mavericks team that's, you know, currently in the playoffs right now. And he's he's putting up all-star numbers. You know, I don't think he'll be an all-star this year, but he's going to be close. And if Dallas, the Dallas Mavericks continue to do it, he could really elevate his game. I think as easily as next year or as soon as next as next year, he'll be an all-star. He's going to be one of the best players. You know, a couple years down the road, he's going to be a top five player in the NBA. I think it's going to happen very quick for this guy. He is absolutely sensational. He's very fun to watch. And his confidence is just growing and growing. They're putting the ball in his hands more. He's shooting the ball more confidently. You know, you see the step back three. He's really adding to his game. He's well-rounded. And he's just a winner. You know, we saw it when, when his, with his years overseas. You know, the, uh, the experience he got there. He's just a born and bred winner. And he's going to be really fun to watch moving forward. And this Mavericks team, other than that... They have six guys that average in double figures. You know, a guy like Harrison Barnes, he's averaging 16 points per game. He's really athletic. He's long. He can shoot the three. He's a great role player. He's a great role wing player. You know, a 3 and D guy. Wes Matthews, same thing there. Uh, You know, Dennis Smith Jr., he's having a pretty good year again. Um, DeAndre Jordan, obviously, brings a lot to the table. They have a nice team surrounding Luka, kind of. You know, you have a couple of shooters out there. You have a great rebounder in DeAndre Jordan. They do have guys that can defend. And they have an excellent coach in Rick Carlisle, who's really getting the best out of this team so far. And also, besides that, they do have a very underrated bench. I think a lot of people don't talk about this bench when they talk about some of the best benches in the NBA. And I'm not saying they are one of the best benches in the NBA, but they're very underrated. I got, like, J.J. Barea. I absolutely love J.J. Barea in the finals when the Mavericks knocked off the Heat. I think he didn't get enough credit for his performances in those finals. He was absolutely sensational, just doing everything. This guy plays with his heart on his sleeve. He's a winner. He's a leader. He's not scared of the big moment. You know, he's averaging 11 points per game. He's averaging the six assists. He leads leads uh, the Dallas Mavericks in six in uh, assists per game with six. This guy's a great, just a great player, a great leader. And they complement him well with guys like Dorian Finney-Smith, guys like Dwight Powell. They're both big. They're both athletic. They're not su- uh, supremely skilled, but they play very hard. And this is exactly what they need coming off their bench. This They kind of remind me of like a Pascal Siakam in his first and second year. Just a guy that's going to come out, run the floor, play very hard on both ends, get rebounds, do whatever is required. And then a guy like uh, Devin Harris, you know, another guy who's been around the league for a long time. He's averaging 18, eight points a game, playing really good basketball for them. He's another leader. They have a nice mix of guys, of uh, leaders and guys who have been there, guys who have won. And they're putting them with younger guys like Doncic and uh, J.J. Barea, or sorry, Doncic and uh, Dennis Smith Jr., who are the future of this Dallas Mavericks team. And it's really nice to see this team come along. This team is going to be very fun moving forward. And this is a team that's really going to be able to compete with some of the best teams in the in the conference moving forward. And I would not be surprised if this team was a playoff team as early as this year.
So now I want to talk about the Kyle Korver trade and uh, what it means for the Utah Jazz and then kind of what it means for the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. So the trade is Kyle Korver for uh, Alec Burks. Pretty much that's kind of what the trade entails. So the Utah Jazz, they go out, they get Kyle Korver. This Jazz team is struggling quite a bit. Uh, Very high expectations for them last year or coming into this year. I had them as a top five seed. A lot of people thought, you know, this could be the second best team in the Western Conference because of the way they defended and because of Donovan Mitchell. It just hasn't been working out so far. You know, they're 10 and 12 right now. Defense hasn't been great. Donovan Mitchell's struggling. He's not shooting the ball efficiently. And people kind of have a better game plan for them. So they go out, they make this trade. They get Kyle Korver, a proven veteran who can just get buckets from three. He can knock down threes. Now they have two great shooters in him and Joe Ingles. He's a great spot-up shooter. And for the Jazz, you know, Korver's struggles are on the defensive end. But the Jazz have enough good defenders that they can kind of make up for it. Especially with a guy in the paint like a Rudy Gobert. He can make up for a lot of your shortcomings on the defensive end. Which is why I do like the trade for Utah. And I think it really helps them offensively. It gives Mitchell another guy on the floor. You know, you go into late games... You have a Rudy Gobert out there. You have a Donovan Mitchell, uh, a Ricky Rubio, or a Jay, Crow- Jay Crowder. Uh, you know, you can have Kyle Korver. You have Joe Ingles. You have lots of options. And now you have another shooter out there that can really space the floor for this team who has struggled quite a bit offensively, you know. And this is going to be a good trade for them. However, I still don't think they're going to be a playoff team this year. I know it's really early. But just the way they've played so far, I don't think Kyle Korver is going to fix all of their problems. I do think he helps, but I don't think Kyle Korver is enough for the Utah Jazz to make the playoffs this year. And then from the Cavaliers' perspective, I do like the signing for them. They bring in Alec Burks. You know, he's struggled with a lot of injuries. He's now 27 years old. When he came into the league, you know, he had a lot of promise. I really liked this guy. I thought he was going to be a big-time player. He's extremely athletic. He can get buckets. You know, he's dealt with a lot of injuries. He's still only 27, and I think it's a good trade for Cleveland. You know, Kyle Korver isn't really working out in Cleveland, doesn't really want to be there, and they want to focus on their younger guys. So he's kind of a guy they have to get rid of. And you get a guy like Alec Burks back who could be good for you guys. You know, he's averaging eight points a game this year, shooting 41% from the field goal, 37% from three, which isn't bad. He had some really good games in the playoffs for them last year, uh, especially against the Houston Rockets when he came out there. He he had a couple of 20-point games. He was really good for them. Really fun to watch this guy play last year. Um, And so I think for Cleveland, you know, you, you take a... Take a a gamble on a guy like this. You now have a guy like him. You have Rodney Hood. He's played with Rodney Hood before. You have um, Colin Sexton. You have Jordan Clarkson. You have some nice young guys. And they're just going to go out there. They're going to try to score. They're going to try to play with pace. And it'll be fun to watch to see what uh, this guy can do for them this year. Then I want to talk about Houston. Uh, Houston, another team like the Jazz, that have been struggling a lot. They're 9-11. Everyone thought this would be the team that would go back and play the Golden State Warriors. You know, they almost beat the Warriors last year. Probably would have beat the Warriors if they didn't have if they had Chris Paul. Uh, they've been struggling the last couple of games, you know, lose to the to the Wizards in overtime. 
Then they get blown out at home by the Mavericks. And James Harden is, at the pace he's playing right now, he's going to be tired out by Christmas. We saw this in the series against San Antonio a a couple years back. Harden was just absolutely exhausted. He had nothing left in the tank. And, you know, so they bring in Chris Paul. Chris Paul's obviously been out, and Harden just just have to have been shouldering the load. He's, he's going to tire himself out. D'Antoni's going to tire himself out. The Rockets are really struggling. They have absolutely no depth. And with the way Harden's playing, you know, he's playing MVP level again. He's leading the league in scoring. He's back at an MVP level. But this team isn't winning, and that's very scary for this team if they can't win games with the way Harden's playing. You know, I know Chris Paul hasn't come back yet. He'll come back, and it will solve a couple of things. But this team still has zero depth. They need to go out and try to get someone else. You know, maybe a Kelly Oubre from the Washington Wizards. Even a J.R. Smith. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people aren't too high on J.R. Smith, but I still think he can contribute. He's a guy that can come off the bench and get buckets. He can spot up and hit threes. He, he had a couple of good seasons in Cleveland. I think, you know, a guy like that would be a good fit for this team because they, they do need to make some changes or they're really going to struggle. Uh going into the playoffs and, you know, with the way things are going in the Western Conference, maybe not even making the playoffs. They're currently 14th in the West right now at 9-11. and So, you know, hopefully they can figure things out because this is a team that can challenge Golden State if they do get some more depth and if they can stay healthy. Now let's talk about the Denver Nuggets, the third seed of Denver Nuggets at 14-7. and They just blew out the Lakers. You know, they started off the season very hot. Then they started to struggle a bit, and now it looks like they're kind of back where they are, and they still are missing a lot of pieces. They still don't have Michael Porter Jr., they still don't have Isaiah Thomas, and they still don't have Will Barton. So it'll be interesting to see what this team is like when they're fully healthy, but this team is electrifying. They're young, guys like Jamal Murray. You know, I've been very high on Nikola Jokic for a couple of years now. I really like this guy, and it's finally paying off for the Denver Nuggets. This is a team I've liked for a couple of years. And thought that, you know, they have a very bright future. They bring in Paul Millsap last year. He gets hurt, you know, for 40 games. They missed the playoffs by one game to the Minnesota Timberwolves that they lost the final game of the season. This team is a legitimate legitimate threat in the Western Conference. Uh, I think they'll finish with a top four seed. And it's very hard to win in Denver, in the Mile High City, you know, with the air. They, they have a very real home court advantage. And it's going to be very tough for teams to go into Denver and beat them in the playoffs. So, you know, this Denver team, I think they are a real threat out West. Uh, I don't think they're going to be in the conference finals just because I have the Lakers and the the Warriors. But, you know, if if those two teams end up having to play each other, Denver could sneak into into that seed. You know, they could sneak into the conference finals. You know, guys like Murray, Jokic, they have a very good bench as well. And it's only going to get better when they get... um, when they get Isaiah Thomas back, you know, guys like Monty Morris, Malik Beasley, these guys are really proving themselves right now. You know, Mason Plumley, he's always solid. Trey Lyles. This team has a lot of depth. They're young. They have a great head coach. They shoot the ball well. And they have a star in Nikola Jokic. And I think this is a real threat out West. And I'm very excited to see what this team can accomplish moving forward. So thank you for listening to this episode of Woodrow's Wishlist. I'm Evan Woodson. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at NBA Talk 49. I'm going to be putting out another podcast tomorrow. Going to recap the game between the Toronto Raptors and the Golden State Warriors. 
going to go into depth in that game. And then I'm going to recap also the game between the Indiana Pacers and the Los Angeles Lakers. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day.